What's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Obsession. I'm Carl Bethke. I am Mike Sadler. Late January, Mike. That is correct. We have a bunch of questions from everybody. New, new year. New year. New deer. New year. Yeah! That's what I'm talking about. Right that's there. a t-shirt right yeah, there, that's baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> million dollars. Million dollars. Somebody's going to steal it on great. Oh, there you go. Brought it out to the public without <laughs> patenting it. Ah. <laughs> uh, should we start with something you got or something I got? Hey, why don't you take one first? All right. Let's see. This is kind of a tough one. How do I reassess my land for this year based off of what I seen last year? And that's from Dave. So how do we, we how do we assess or reassess our land? Because we do reassess our land. Well, we were just talking about reassessing our land. <laughs> we were, literally. actually. Literally. And we've been talking about reassessing our land. Um, Every know, day. Right. <laughs> One of the big things is, um, you know, two things. What worked. Right. What did not work, you know. And, you know, obviously we know what worked here. We mm -hmm. wouldn't know what worked at your property. Um, so those are the things, you know, do you want to really mess with those a lot? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of thinking involved. It's in that hard part. to say with that, you know, and I think, you know, we focus more on the stuff that didn't work. Yes. Um, you know, and I guess a couple things before you get into that, you know, what didn't work, you know, what didn't work about it. So, right. you know, are you looking for, you know, no movement? Are you looking for bucks only? Are you looking, when are you hunting it? What? Well, there's a lot of factors. Right. And I think in general, I think he was talking about, uh, you know, his property, from what I remember, his property is like 52 acres in southwest Wisconsin. But it's kind of weird because it doesn't have a ton of terrain. Um, you know, when we assess our properties, for instance, I'll give them for instance for this year. So we put corn in on my property this year. Um, and we made two upper plots and we thought, man, this is gonna be great. They're gonna filter around both sides of this. Yeah. They're gonna come down, da, 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 da. Well, on paper. yeah, on paper. That was not a, a good move. What it did was, if I, I put the food closer to the tree line, and I'll show you guys that on the video here. And we had one, one tree there, we called it the G spot. And we thought, man, this is gonna be perfect. And it had its opportunities problem was the food was too close to where the does were bedding so the does bedded up higher which pushed the bucks actually off my property under the neighbors and the neighbors in their if they had actually done some stuff too um, they had logged which was fine um, but it did create a little bit better bedding up there so half of it was my fault and half of it was and the neighbors made an adjustment also, um, and I don't think it was for deer. I think they just pulled it off for making a little bit of money and, and paying the cash. But um, that being said, that was a big mistake on mine. So Mike and I have talked already this year what we're going to do to prevent that. So put some switch grass and stuff in for me. But um, you know, you always have to reassess your properties. Like Mike said, you know, what was wrong on your property last year that you noticed that changed deer movement substantially? That may have either made it better in one spot of your property and worse in another. So what do you have to change to fix it? Right. 
you know, like, you know, here, you know, we had a huge idea and we started it. Um, it was really early spring. We laid out, you know, the three, three small kill pots inside the corn, you know, on my field edge here and thought, ah, this is going to be awesome. You know, three different stand locations, you know, separate, you know, segregate our deer. Um, yeah, it was great. Deer in them. Yes. Which made it almost unhuntable in the morning, which, <laughs> would, get past which it. was already hard to hunt. Yeah. Um, so we actually made it worse. Um, it moved the, all the movement in the bottom. Yes. Completely changed, which is where we've always had the most success and the most luck because it's a spot we can stay out of. Can't tell that. Until that time, yeah. you know. Now, but then later, it made the middle stuff we did good. Right. The movement there was good, but you know, access wasn't great. Um, too much food. Too much. Food. Just like yours. Yes. Too much food. Too close to bedding. Moving their bedding. Yeah. Then they're bedding closer. You know, the does are bedding closer. Yeah. Closer to the edges. You know, I think <coughs> on both of our properties or any small property, I think the number one thing that people have to remember is is you know what we call depth of cover. So. Especially, let's just take a 40 for instance. If, if you've put all your food in the middle of a 40, you basically have a 150 yards each direction to your property line. So that doesn't give you depth of color. Yeah, 150 you yards. You have deer everywhere around that. Right. You know, um, our, like you said, our mistake this year was putting on your property, it's putting those three small kill plots in. And it did bring more deer in. I think. You held more deer on the property. So the thought of separating the doe groups worked. Yeah. Problem was separating those doe groups and then being all over the place made it difficult for us to get in and out. And then the buck movement changed completely. Yes. Your very your best spot was not your best spot. So it was it would have been good if you could hunt it in September, right? The first weekend. Yeah. There's yeah. bucks all over in it. Yeah. But there was nothing there later. Like I don't I only think I hunted it two times, maybe. Yeah. And uh, that's not where I even were anymore. And they have always been in that bottom. Right. You know, so that's one of the things you gotta assess, you know, are you did you do something to a great spot that drastically changed it in the wrong direction? Mm hmm You know, because obviously that's one thing you don't want to do. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't think you can have too much food, and you can really have yeah. too much food. We both did it. Yeah, we did. We, we both, both did it. Both did it. Everybody laughs. Oh, I had too much. Well, it's too much. Yeah. You know, and, um, and then you know the deer numbers being up are good, but then they're not good because you can only hold so many. You deer. can only hold so many deer. You know, we talk about that all the time. So you got to look at your numbers there. Yeah. Uh, and you know now, like I've gained animals here. Yes. Which is nice now. Right. Because there's going to be good bucks that have been in here. They've been checking this out. Not staying, they're going to stay here over the winter. They've right. been here, checked it out. You know, there's does here. They're going to be back. Yeah. That's the best part. They're going to come back. Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, I like to, one thing I like to do assessing it, which I told you this a couple weeks back, I, I like to get this little fresh snow. Yeah. And I went through my property on the wheeler and looked at the trails, mm -hmm. the heavily used trails. You know, so are these trails that I've utilized or that we've utilized already? 
you know, or is this something a different travel pattern? Because they're, if they're traveling them now, yeah, they were traveling them before. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell everybody what you did with those trails? Yeah. So I, you know, I found these trails all throughout the property. I went from one end to the other yep. on the wheeler. Yep. Because um, I was pulling my cameras out. Right. Um, and I have the little, you know, steel springy flags. The, the like electric company yeah, like flag. electric company flag, you know, with the, the colored top, and I just stuck them in the ground, Mark. you know, where I marked these trails. Um, and it's neat to see how one big trail will come out and Y off, and the two opposite directions it'll go mm -hmm. both ways, you know. So I did that all throughout the property, um, and I found quite a few, right. which once we go back in there, you know, you'll see those right. um, that maybe you can utilize them, or maybe you're like, I shouldn't be here, right? Because <laughs> you know, I can't hunt. Yeah, I'm too close to this. You yeah. know, that's one. That's one good thing I like to do is go and look at those trails in the winter. We've talked a lot about winter is one of your best times to scout. Of course, yeah. You know? As close to the season as you can. I mean, right now here in Wisconsin, Mike's place and my place, um, because we're in the southern part of the state, bow hunting's still open till the 31st of this month. I know. I know. Ridiculous. Great. Yeah, it's great. But uh, if you had a buck tag, it might be. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's still a few people out there trying to shoot a buck. And and uh, but right now it's a great time to be scouting. You should be scouting and marking, like what Mike said, mark your mark your trails because when the snow melts here in March, whatever April, um, you're not going to see the same thing. Yeah, it's hard to see that yeah. stuff. Right? So now all of a sudden you. The, the woods is open, you've got the marked trails, and you can kind of decide at certain points, okay, do I want to do some hinge cutting here, some TSI here, um, maybe I want to make these deer move down and around, which will give my current tree stand location a better opportunity, right. mock scrape, water hole deal, however. Right. Um, that's going to be a pretty big deal. That's part of the reassessing of the property. Yeah. You know, I think you should reassess. I mean, constantly, especially even when you're hunting. We overassess. No. I like to call it overassess. We did that this year for yeah, sure. We're, we're assessing. I mean, honestly, every time. Oh yeah. We're in your property, my property. We're always looking at stuff. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a, it's a time passer when you're sitting in a stand. That's true. That, that's <laughs> like, true. You're like, well, that really looks like that sucks over there. Yeah. How come I didn't do anything with that? You know, but. Put that stuff down. Like I, I put notes in my phone. Oh yeah. I do it at your place. I do it here because yeah. that's what we're trying to do. Everybody's trying to kill a big buck. Oh yeah. I mean, it is what it is. If you say you're not, you're lying. Yeah. Three hundred percent. Three hundred percent. So, I mean, that's big things. Like assess, assess now a lot. Assess the whole time you're hunting. Right. Use your cameras for sure. That's what we got them for. Yep. You know. Um, Here's the other thing about assessing your property too. So I was talking to Mike earlier. So on my property alone with the cameras I had, and I'm sure he has as many, well, maybe not as many pictures because he doesn't run quite as many cameras as me because he's got cell cams. I don't, I don't run 500 cameras. Wait a second. But anyway, you know, we're looking at over 130, 140,000 pictures. Okay, this year alone. And I break it up two ways. So I'll, I'll take pictures of just the bucks okay on the property and uh, if I name them or whatever mm -hmm. they're there so it's grouped into a year and a half old bucks and then the bucks I would shoot so there's 
year and a half old, two and a half year old deer that are unnamed, and then there's three and a half year old, four and a half year old, and older bucks that I name usually, because those are target deer for me. Then I also have all those pictures, and all the tree stands are located. And those pictures are in there too. And if you notice there's certain trends, you can actually pattern your deer. There, I've got bucks on, and it's only 72 acres, I got bucks on one side of my property that are never on my other side of the property. And I have bucks that are down low that are never up high, yep. and vice versa. So when people say, you know, your bucks leave certain areas, they still have their zones that they yeah. stay in. Yeah. And all year, it's kind of it's kind of cool to see. Even on a smaller piece of property, whether it be 20 acres or 10 acres, you'll see that. You know, and that's important information too, especially for the next year. Because bucks are telling you something every time they go out there. And they're telling how your property is working in one spot or the other. And that's where the reassessing comes in and why we do it constantly. Right. That, you know, uh, for instance, the stand, though, the lock on, you and I talked about it earlier, the lock on that you and I hung in the heat. We both decided that that area needs to be thickened up. Yes. And the only movement buckwise that was there was during the rut. And the only reason they were crossing that, see the hard part about that spot is they could stand on top of the ridge, look down to the valley and part way, three quarters way up the other side and see if there's anything in there. So they don't even go down in there, even though there was mock scrape there. Now, come November, the first week of November, last week of October, first two weeks of November basically, starting to get good buck movement through there because they're transitioning. Yeah. So. Right. If we want it utilized all the time, we have to thicken up and we know that. Yes. So that's what we'll be doing one of the projects on my property. Right. You know, and you know, that, the reassessment is a 365, guys. You yeah. have to think about it constantly. Yeah, I know we've talked, we've also talked about if you're, if you guys are out there doing the mock scrapes, you know, look at how those got used or if they got used. Mm -hmm. um, I got, you know, another couple here that I'm going to move again. Mm -hmm. So, um, the other thing we should add there is I, I never put a mock scrape up without a camera on it. Right. Because then you're not learning anything if you have a mock scrape and no camera. That is correct. Yeah. Because, I mean, how many times do we see deer hit our mock scrapes and they'll rub on it, you know, put their preorbitals on it, they'll lick it, chew on it, all that, but they never scrape underneath it with their hook. Right. So at that point, most people, yeah, if it was dry, they they, they're not yep. being used. And I, you know, we hung one. You know here which we talked about last year that i hung and i had my wife help me remember that yep, i yep, strung yep. it across the trail coming down mm -hmm. it'd be a great spot trails coming off that and i ran a camera on that thing yep from that day until two weeks ago three mm -hmm. weeks ago i don't think i had one buck that touched it right they walked right past it if they walked past it they walked past it right but what Where'd you shoot your deer? But I shot my deer literally 20 yards from that mock. Out of your sight. Yep. Yeah. On a, on a trail we thought would have movement, but now I see, which is one of the trails I just talked about marking. Yeah. I marked that trail, which it actually turns into two trails mm -hmm. that I didn't know coming off where mm -hmm. I shot him, which is good to know. Um, so that mock's going to get moved inside yep. that trail. Like, I, you don't have to sit on it. No. But now, 
I can almost guarantee you that they're going to use that walking back and forth across that. 100%. Because be right in their face. And they're scent checking that anyway. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about, like, I think about it now, like, I wouldn't I have put it there before? <laughs> you know? Right. But you learn. Yeah. You're assessing it, you're learning it, you know. And Plus, the other thing we did there, too, <clears throat> is you put those big pine trees in to help right. promote that movement of the, of the yep. trail, too. And, and that's another thing I was going to say. So now looking at those, I know, because we want to plant more. Yep. And I know now where I want to put some trees. Right. Because I don't want to stop that movement. No. Yet I want that thermal cover and the regular cover. Mm-hmm. So that helps. Yeah. Now so you're, you know. you're going to take your money, buy your trees, which are expensive. Yes. And you're going to put it in, in the proper place to utilize that spot even more. Yep. And help promote that deer movement in yep. that stand. Which is a great stand. It is. It is. So, I mean, that's kind of how we go about doing it. We're constantly reassessing our property. Um, every time we're in the tree, every time we're out there, all the pictures we get, whether it be on cell cams or on regular pictures when I pull chips out there at my place. Um, you know, how, you know, when you ask how do you do it, you have to constantly be thinking, why is this deer here? Why is he using this particular trail? And where is he coming from? Where where does he start? Where does he finish? Why is he going through there? Yeah. If you can start figuring that out, you're going to be able to be far more effective on your property. I think. Yep. Got anything to add on that? No, I don't. It's a you know, it's. I think people just got to listen to a couple little key things in there. Yeah. That will, that'll help you. You know, like a, look now, look at your cameras, look at individual deer. Yep. And how they travel because if you do a lot of people look at it, I think they just gloss past it. Oh, I got a big buck here. Yep. Cool. Yeah. But like we've had the same here, not to get into it again, but that have never ever entered the other side of the property. Yep. And I have forty. Yep. And I had one deer for three years. Never crossed halfway over my property. Landlord? Never. Yes. Not one time did I have a picture of him on the other end of the property. Ever. And nobody else ever knew him. Right. You know, so think about that stuff. Use it. Right. You know, that's a good way to hunt them. Your deer are educating you right now, too. That's the only other yeah. thing I would add. Have all these pictures and everything we're talking about, your deer are educating you. If they made it through, if you have pictures of them now after the season, they've educated you on what they're going to be doing next week. And you can plan now to be successful next week. Yes. So, thanks for listening to The Obsession. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh... You guys watching on YouTube, we appreciate you guys watching. Obviously, for you guys who listen on the podcast, just so you know, uh, every week, just like the podcast coming out every week, you guys can watch it. There's a little bit of added content, there's videos and pictures and stuff as we're speaking here. So we got a good chance to check that out on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel there. We appreciate that. Appreciate you guys listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, RSS.com. There it is. There it is. Takes us a while. (laughs) We'll catch up with you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the episode. Later.